church. Thank you, and uh, welcome back this evening on the Lord's Day, looking to Him to work in our hearts. John chapter 15 this evening. This morning we were John chapter 16, and now we're going to go backwards in the Bible to John chapter 15. And yes, thank you for making God's Word a priority in your family's life. Instead of putting physical rest, perhaps, a priority, putting His Word and resting in Him a priority in your life. That's a blessing, and I know God will bless your investment this evening. We're in John chapter 15. And if you don't mind joining me once again, standing for reading of God's Word, I will read the first verse and you the following verse, if we can do it that way, as we read the Word of God this, this evening. I'll read with verse 1, and we'll read together uh, the ending verses, verse 11 for this evening. John chapter 15, verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Everyone? Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except and abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. And altogether, verse 11, These things have I spoken unto you, that joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Join me in prayer this evening, if you will. Dear Father, Lord, would you please speak to our hearts. We need you this evening as we worship you on this Lord's Day. Uh, Lord, would you feed us with your word, and Lord, would you convict where conviction is needed and comfort where comfort is needing. We look to you, dear Jesus. We bind the evil one and ask that all distractions would be removed and Hide me behind the cross as we bring forth your word. Lord, I pray for Kenan Baptist. Would you continue to do a deep and reviving work as you're doing in each family here? Lord, and if there's someone that does not know you as Savior, we pray as a church that you'll touch their hearts tonight. And we pray and thank you. And Kenan Baptist says a strong amen. You may be seated. Thank you. And again, my wife and, and I, Jessica, my, my name is Alonso, we're the Ibarra family. We're called to Hispanic church planning here in the United States, and wow, there's such a need. Uh, this afternoon over lunch, I was sharing with um, Pastor Lobby an image or a, a map that has, is highlighted per uh, ethnicities and races in the United States. And we, we saw in many of our cities big blotches of red, Red is Hispanic. Uh, 
in this map. Big blotches of, of, of all sorts of colors all over, but of course the Lord has called us to the red blotches of, of this map. And we saw certain areas in, you know, California, Pastor Levy mentioned, wow, it's like bleeding. Yes, it is bleeding of red, and you know, just down, down the Center Valley and into other parts of uh, California and all over the, this uh, United States. Uh, God wants to do a work in every community, in every people group. And one day, all languages will be bowing before the throne of the Lamb. Amen. Praise the Lord for them. And so I ask you this evening, Canaan Baptist, if you have any contacts here in Covington or the greater Covington area of Hispanic people or Hispanic neighborhoods, my wife and I will be here all week, and that's primarily our purpose, to see souls saved. And if you have maybe a co-worker, a family friend, or a neighborhood that you know of, you know, feel free to give us our, their phone numbers. We'll do our very best this week to call them, or uh, an address, we'll do our best. And we'll be down here, my wife and I, after the service. So feel free to do that this evening. And that would be a blessing. And maybe, I was talking with my wife, maybe on Wednesday, Lord willing, we're still here. Maybe she can give us some Mexican co coffee. It's the Café de Olla that we do in Mexico. It's a sweet and spicy coffee. And maybe she can make us a little bit over there in the Fellowship Hall and be a blessing to us. Uh, she did that last time we were here. And it was really enjoyable. At least I enjoyed it. I don't know about the rest of you all, but it was very enjoyable. And so it's uh, an invested interest in uh, coming to Wednesday for that Mexican coffee. But thank you, church. Thank you for receiving us. We, my wife and I can tell you're a very welcoming church. It feels like we're in the South some, for some reason. <laughs> but keep doing that. Keep up that work, Canaan Baptist, of, of seeing someone that you don't know Go after them and show love to them. Teenagers, there's another teenager maybe that doesn't look like you, dressed like you, um, is a family like you. Go after them with God's love and trusting in Him. Children, boys and girls, if there's a family with children that you haven't seen at Children's Church before, go talk to them. Don't be a stranger in Children's Church. Sit next to them and be a welcoming hand to them. Well, I know you are a busy church. Amen. And you have a lot of upcoming events, the war. I think you have a revival with Dr. Jim Van Galdren. Keep looking to him because a busy church brings people in. A busy church attracts people. And that's what we want to be busy for the Lord, serving him, worshiping him. Continue to look to the Lord in these upcoming activities. The Lord, I know, will bless you mightily and will send a revival spirit, not just to this church, but to your marriage and to your families. Now we're in John chapter 15, and God wants you to bear much fruit, church. God wants you to bear much fruit. Today I want to bring a, bless, uh, a message called The Blessing of Bearing Much Fruit. The Blessing of Bearing Much Fruit. It doesn't matter what age you are, God wants you to bear much fruit. It doesn't matter uh, the language you speak or your background. God wants you to bear much fruit. It doesn't matter if you went to Bible college or not. God wants you to bear much fruit. It doesn't matter if you've been saved for one year or 100 years. God wants you to bear much fruit. That's the word of God. Now, the story is told of a farmer who had two young men, and he worked hard, a faithful farmer. 
Before the crack of dawn, he had his children, his two sons working the fields, cleaning, cleaning out the hog pen, cleaning out the horses, and planting and working on the tractors until dusk. The sun came down, and every day they would do that. Every day. On the weekends, they would go into the um, farmer's market and sell, and people would be like, wow, this uh, farmer doesn't skip a beat. He's nonstop. Wow. But listen, church, um, what, after years of this, my, um, the farmers over there in the farmer's market said, hey, come here, farmer, come over here. You sure do work them sons of yours pretty hard. The farmer was taken a little bit aback. Like, oh, and then he says, oh, I, th I think I know what you're saying. You think I'm raising hogs and chickens and corn. I'm not raising hogs and chickens and corn. I'm raising men. And that's what God wants to do. He's, he's not interested about raising churches and raising programs and activities. He, he's concerned about raising Christians that bear much fruit. God wants you to bear much fruit. Bearing fruit is a blessing, and it's important because it glorifies your Father Verse 8, herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. It, bearing fruit is a blessing and it is important because it is about connecting with the true vine. Verse 1, teenagers, you will not find truth and a tr real purpose in living outside of verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine. There's no other truth. There's no other reason for living outside of verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Bearing fruit, bearing much fruit is a blessing because it's about obeying Jesus Christ. He says in verse 4, abide in me and I in you. Listen, church, it's an imperative. He says, I don't care how you feel. He does. It doesn't matter the circumstances. Abide in me. Trust me, walk with me, fellowship with me, put that sin behind you, as we heard the, the men saying, and follow after the cross. Teenager, you have issues at home. Put that behind you and put it at the cross and abide in Jesus. Boys and girls, walk with Jesus. Trust him to help you obey your parents and do your very best at school. Young people can abide in Jesus and it doesn't matter your age or your background, Jesus says, abide in me. It's important because it glorifies your Father. It's about connecting with the true vine. It's about obeying God. Now, God wants you to bear much fruit. God wants you, Canaan Baptist, to bear much fruit. God wants your family and your marriage to bear much fruit. But what does that mean, bear much fruit? What are the practical ramifications about bearing much fruit. What does it mean? Well, very quickly this evening, I just want to explain a little bit of what the Lord has showed me about what it means to bear much fruit. First of all, bearing much fruit is about purging, not perfection. Bearing much fruit is about purging, not perfection. But preacher, you don't know my past. It's about God doing the work in you and not about you being perfect. Teenager, what I have struggled with my parents. God will take care of it. It's not about you being perfect. 
It's not about just doing church. It's about God doing the purging, the cleansing work in your life. Listen, church, perfection does not exist. And if you seek after perfection in your marriage, in your children, it will drive you to the ground. It's a cruel taskmaster. See, the reason you yell at your kids and you're cruel with them is because you want them to be perfect so that you can enjoy the game, so that you can enjoy your rest. Instead of investing time in them and letting God do through you the purging work that is important for each parent to do in the lives of their children. It's not about perfection because perfection doesn't exist. It's about purging. And God does the purging. He says in verse 2, every branch that bears fruit, you're bearing fruit, you're seeing God work in your life. Guess what he does? He purges you. He continues to work in you. And if, you, if it's been a long time since you've had the cleansing work of the word and of preaching and of your personal time with God in your life, my dear brother and sister, you're in trouble because every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. In other words, God chastens you. Yes, because he loves you. Yes, God will challenge you. He will challenge you to take steps of faith. And God does the chastening and the challenging work in your life and in your family and in your marriage. Why? Because he wants to change you. He cha chastens you. He challenges you because he wants to change you. Teenager, he wants to change you. Boy and, boys and girls, he wants to change you. And parents here, Canaan Baptist, he wants to change this church. So it's not, about, it's not about perfection. It's about purging. God wants you to bring forth much fruit, but it's not about perfection. It's about purging. Um, number two. Let's look at verse three, please. Verse three says, Now ye are clean, the word of God says. You are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. A long day of work. You come home, you give your wife a big hug and kiss, and then she's like, <clears throat> okay, you're dirty, right? It smells a little ripe, as they say. But Christ doesn't smell that. God doesn't smell that because he cleans you, he cleansed you with the blood of his own son on Calvary. Wow, what a precious cleansing we have in Christ. You are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. See, it's very much fruit. Number two is about purity, not problems. Purity, not problems. Listen, sin and problems also do bear fruit. Teenager, you can go ahead and keep rebelling against your parents and hiding sin behind your parents. Uh, church, you can hide sin behind your pastor's back or your wife's back or your husband's back. But listen, problems and sin also bear fruit. And be sure your sin will find you out. It's about purity, not problems. The Bible says you reap what you sow. Yes, not overnight, not immediately, but eventually you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. But the truth here is that you are clean. God has done everything you need 
for your family to bear much fruit. God has done all you need for Canaan Baptist to reach Covington, Georgia, and the world. That's God's plan. The Great Commission is God's plan, and He has cleansed you. Maybe you feel dirty tonight. The, the promise is you are clean. Jesus said it. Jesus said you are clean. A lady had lost a lot of weight, and her friends came to her, whoa, what, what happened? What changed in your life? Well, she said, well, I just thought in my mind, I'm going to decide I'm a, I'm a healthy person. What will a healthy person do? I stopped eating um, Bojangles or whatever you have down here. And up in Wisconsin, we have Culver's and Culver's and Culver's. So it, it, it's interesting how the chains change as you go down south and it's different. I started to think as a healthy person, I am a healthy person, so I'll make healthy decisions. Her identity changed. Now ye are clean. That's who you really are. In front of Jesus Christ, you are clean. And we're not talking just about willpower, not about just you trying to think positive thoughts. It's about the Holy Spirit doing his work deeply in your heart so that you can bear much fruit. It's God's plan for your family, and it's God's plan for this church. Bearing fruit is a blessing because God wants you to be a, a much-bearing church, much-bearing fruit church, and it's all about purging, not perfection. It's about purity, not problems. Number three, it's about power, God's power, not your pride. It's about God's power, church, not your pride. Look at verse four and five with me. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide. You walk, you fellowship, you trust in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, and now look, church, it says, for without me, ye can do nothing. I can't be the husband that I, God wants me to be without Jesus. I can't be the future parent that God wants me to be without Jesus. I can't be uh, the assistant pastor that God wants to, me to be without Jesus. And listen, church, I can't be the Christian God made me to be without Jesus, without me, ye can't do nothing. You can't even go to work and do what you're supposed to do at work without Jesus. Boys and girls, you can't go to school and learn what you need to do and obey your teachers and obey your parents without Jesus. That's what the Bible says. All our families, old and young, need Jesus. It's about God's power, not your pride. Pride says, look what I did. Look at my family. Look at my job. Look at my bank account. Look at my 401k. Look at my cars. Look at my toys. Now look at my cooking. Look at my sewing. Look at this. Look at that. But, but God says, that's nothing to me. Without me, ye can do nothing. A young teen, a teenager in a church went to their pastor and said, Pastor, I think God is calling me to preach. The Lord has been working in his life. And he said, Pastor, what is my next step? I think God's calling me to preach. I surrender to the Lord. And this pastor replied to that young man. He said, 
son, are you, are you sure? Because you stutter when you talk. You're not, you know, a gifted speaker. Are you really sure? And the, the young man said, well, I think so. I think God's working in my life. Now that pastor is a missionary pastor in San Luis Potosí with a church of 1,500, an orphanage, a printing press, sending hundreds of missionaries around the world. And my wife went to his church. That's where she grew up. It's not about your, what you can do. It's not about your pride. It's about power. And God wants you to bear much fruit like this pastor, Pastor Luis Ramos in Mexico. God wants you to bear much fruit because bearing fruit is about purging, God doing the work in you, not perfection. It's about purity, not problems. It's about power, not pride. It's about, number four, process, not performance. It's about process, not performance. It's about process, not performance. Look at verse six with me, church. It says, if a man abide in me, uh, excuse me, abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. What I believe this, is, this verse is saying, if a man gets tired of the process of abiding in me and being a disciple of Jesus Christ, if a man gets tired about trusting and walking with Jesus, if a teenager keeps hiding sin from their parents, if a young person does not want to obey and honor their parents, if a, a husband doesn't want to serve his, his wife, as God calls him. Do you see the picture? You see, it's about process, not performance. If a man gets tired of the process of God working in his life, process, not performance. See, God wants you to bear much fruit. He made you to bear much fruit. He made you, church. He saved you with the purpose of you and your family and this church bringing forth much fruit. That's God's plan for your life. Church, do you believe that this evening? You can, the Bible says, bring forth much fruit. See, the, the inspired illustration of fruit bearing is important. Jesus could have said, abide in me, and you will bring forth, I don't want to be disrespectful, but follow me, church, chicken eggs. It could be, chicken eggs are kind of immediate, you know, next morning you wake up and they're there, ready to go. But he doesn't do that, church. He says, you'll bring forth fruit. There's a process. It's not immediate, but performance is, right? Performance is immediate, and it's not concerned about the, genera- the next generation. Process is. It's not concerned about how we can really um, walk with God, how my family can walk with God, and my children can be changed by the power of God, how souls can be saved and discipled and added to this church. Performance is immediate, and it doesn't matter the next generation. Process Spirit-filled process. God doing the work in you process is. It's a concern about the next generation. The process is growing in grace, God, allowing God to break you. Teenager, allowing God to, to make God, Jesus Christ, real to you, not just the God of your fathers, 
by your God and your supreme love because he's real and he died for you and rose again for you. And you can share that message to other teenagers that you meet as you go about this community. See, um, it's about God breaking you. And as God breaks you, you give your body to him, your rights to him, your mind, God. I, I will do whatever you tell me to do. I'm at your disposal, God. If you want to send me like those three Hebrew children into a burning fire, I will do that. Just go with me. It's about um, breaking. It's about giving your body. It's about giving your best to the Lord day after day. It's a process, not performance process, not performance, because there are no shortcuts in the Christian life, in your spiritual walk with God, church. There are no shortcuts in walking with Jesus. God doesn't answer prayer sometimes immediately because he's not concerned about performance. He doesn't want to perform for you. He doesn't have to perform for you. He's actually more concerned about the process in you. He, he seems a million miles away, even though you're right with him the best you know. And he, he seems like there's a cloud has come into, you, into your life. Why? Because he's concerned about process, that relationship building process, and not just one and done, not just performance. Pastor Ingram is, is on this kick about music training at, here at Canaan Baptist Church because Pastor Ingram is concerned about us parents. Well, I'm not a parent yet. So you all parents learning about the process of getting in with your children, having them scream at your face, and you working through that spirit-filled. They scream at your face because they don't want to practice. I know <laughs> that happens, right? Or does it just happen with my students? Nervous laugh, I'll take that, okay. So that happens, and God, Pastor Ingram wants you to work through that process. Parenting is not performance. So church, let's quit like, and pretend it is. It's a process God wants to do in your life. Get involved in the process building that Pastor Ingram is burdened about. Maybe you're here and you say, what? Pastor Ingram, why can't we have the music from that church down the street over there? Why can't we have the ministry philosophy of the church over there? Why can't we have that youth group activities of the church across town? Because this church is not concerned about performance. One and done, immediate gratification, and we're done. There's no eternal fruit. The next generation of teenagers, where their teenagers go? Where's so-and-so? We lost him. I guess he's in the world. No, this church is burdened about spirit-filled, spirit-enabled, Bible-backed process. The spirit-filled life is a process. Yes, there's immediate grace that comes. Don't get me wrong, church, but there's a process. Jesus Christ says, you will bear forth much fruit. 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 Not immediate. Not a direct deposit. Fruit. Does that make sense, church? Fruit. Because um, bearing forth much fruit is about purging, not perfection. Purity, not problems. Power, not pride. Process, not performance. And bearing, bearing forth much fruit is, don't miss this, it's about prayer, not plans. Amen. Prayer, not plans. 
If you can go with me to verse 7, it says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. We often make plans in order not to pray. We often make plans in order not to pray. Teenager, you have your plans all laid out where you're going to go to college, what you're going to do for your future, but have you prayed about it? Have you gone to your parents' bedroom and knelt around the bed and said, Dear God, lead me. Um, Parents, we have our financial picture all planned out. We know what we're going to do. But have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about what God wants you to give to him through this church? We often make plans in order not to pray. I don't know about your home, but in my, my marriage, I bring to my wife some decisions, big decisions we have to pray. I explain it the best I know how. And then she says, okay. I ask her, so what's, what's our plan, Jesse? And she says, um, I don't know. We have to pray about it. Um, you didn't get the picture. So it's option A, B, or C. So what's the plan? Oh, I think we have to pray about it. This prayer thing, I can't. No, prayer, we, we, we did that for the food already. We want to make a decision. What do we need to do? Well, we have to pray. And maybe that's happening in your home. Maybe accidentally. You haven't prayed with your children. You haven't sought God's face. Yes, with your children, even the young ones, the youngest ones. Prayer, not plans. Yes, plans are... Are, are important, but they come after praying. You pray, you, get God, you pray, you get God's mind on the matter. The best you know how, because it's not about perfection. It's about process, and God only wants to grow you. He doesn't want your perfection. You know the, the best you know how, and you make plans as he leads you after praying. So bearing forth much fruit, what this church needs is um, purging, not perfection, Purity, not problems. Power, not pride. A process, God-breaking process, not performance. Prayer, not plans. And lastly, church, a passion. Passion, not passivity. Passion, not passivity. God made you. He made you a, a branch connected to the true vine so that you can do nothing? He made you a branch so you can do what? Bear much fruit. Bear much fruit. And it's all about a passionate love relationship, not passivity. You can't say, I love you to someone and be passive. And perhaps that's the problem in your in your marriage relationship. I, I don't know the marriages here, um, but you say, we're struggling. When is the last time you did something for your wife? Sacrificially, when you were tired, hungry, and sweaty. When was the last time you really served her sacrificially and she knew it? Amen. When was the last time as parents you, you, you weren't really concerned about performance. You dug in deep with your children and brought them through steps God had for them from K-5 to whatever age they are. Because God doesn't, God, you, 
passion, not passivity. You can't be passionate about someone and be passive. Dear wives, I just realized I left out the wives. (laughs) We talked about the men sacrificing for their, their, uh, their wives. Wives, when was the last time you didn't just do the basics of home? But you, God gave you spiritual wisdom and a key step that could have been a blessing to your husband, and he knew it. You can't say you love someone and be passive. You can't say you love Jesus and be passive about serving Jesus in your home, on the street, at the job, and here at church. You can't say you love someone and be passive because love always wants to serve. You know what bearing fruit, much, bearing much fruit is? Loving. Loving. Loving people. Loving your wife. Loving your family. Loving your children. Loving your disciples sacrificially. Getting involved in pe- pe- people's lives. And sooner than later you'll find, not through pride, but God's power, look at all these people God led me to invest in and their lives are changed. Because you wouldn't be here in this building tonight if someone didn't truly love you and pray for you and sacrifice for you and spend hours discipling you, spend hours mentoring you, you know? You wouldn't be here for a pastor that loves God's word and loves him and loves you and brings um, prepared um, messages from God's word and sacrifices for you. Your pastor needs you, and you need your pastor. Pray. Pray for each other. Pray for the church. Pray for pastor. Get involved. Make sacrifices. Love people. Now, Pastor Roberto Ramos pastors a wonderful church not too far from here in Marietta. Before he pastored this church in Marietta, he was um, also a missionary pastor there in Mexico in San Luis Potosí. And one day years ago, a beautiful young couple with their three little young girls came in for some counseling. This couple wasn't part of the church. They were just coming for some counseling with Pastor Roberto Ramos. Pastor Roberto Ramos said, sure, come on in, have a seat. Um, and they just began talking. And all of a sudden, this man, this preacher who abides with Christ and knows these truths about bearing much fruit, realized, oh no, this couple is not saved. And he began to share with them from God's word how they can know for sure that their sins are forgiven and Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. And after some time there, that young couple asked Jesus to save them. And they began getting involved in the church and growing. It was brand new to them. Maybe you feel like that this, uh, this evening. Church and all this stuff is, you don't know the routine. It's a little bit new to you. It was brand new to them. It's, it was brand new to my parents too. And maybe to a lot of you. Let me ask this, church. How many of you are first generation Christians? That is, your parents weren't saved. You are the first to get saved in your family. Now look at that. That's a blessing. Praise the Lord for that. See, 
and it's, it was brand new to them, but the best they knew how, they got involved in the process, not performance. They got involved in God's power, not their pride. They got involved in cleaning their life, purity through the power of the Spirit, not, not, uh, not giving in, not giving up with the problem. See, what, what's going on is you're giving up, families. Don't give up. It's God's power and God's purity, not problems. They got involved in the purging work of the Word. And they, they began growing with their children, their three beautiful young, young little girls. And then um, after some time, the three young girls got married. The oldest is now a, a pastor's wife. And they started a, planted a brand new church outside of Leon, Mexico. The, the middle daughter is um, in South Carolina. She just had a little girl. And her husband and, and her are youth pastors, and the youngest is sitting right there, my dear wife. Amen. Now, church, simple people just like you who said, God, this is totally new to me. I have no idea what I'm doing. I feel dark, I feel broken, but we're just going to trust God. Hey, little girls, come here. Pastor's preaching was a little different. We've never done this, but let's make steps. Hey, we've never done this soul-winning thing. I heard one person testify. His, his unsaved family was uh, angry at him for soul-hunting. It's not soul-hunting. It's soul-winning. <laughs> we've never done this soul-winning thing. Let's try to do it the best we know how. God help us. Uh, let's get you in the Christian school. Let's get you involved in the process in your lives. It won't be pretty. God's not concerned about pretty, if you understand what I'm saying. God's concerned about God's perfect, um, God's lovely face being reflected in your family and in your life and in this church. And much fruit. Hundreds of souls saved in Leon, Mexico because of the oldest daughter. Several souls, teenagers being impacted by the life of the middle daughter. And souls being saved by my dear wife. Just because we take simple steps of faith. Amen. Simple steps of faith. God made you. Isn't that a blessing? God made you to bear much fruit. You don't have to work this up, teenager. You don't have to pretend to do church. It can be real. Boys and girls, God can use you mightily in your house to bring joy to your parents when they're a little sad and broken. God can use you in a powerful way. Couples here, families here, God can use you here in this community. But yes, it's a process, not performance. And it's about purity, not problems. Purging, not perfection. God's power in your life, not pride. It's about passion, not passivity. We have some decisions to make as a church tonight and as families. We're, our, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. The altar is open. If you want to come up here and worship the Lord and give your life to Him. A brand new couple saved by grace and God used them to bear much fruit. God can do the same thing through your life, but it's a fruit-bearing process.